Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get started. It's uh, it's that time of uh, evening. It's good to see y'all here today, and uh, y'all getting y'all ready for some hot weather. We I hear we got hot weather coming in. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be 90 degrees Mother's Day. Oh. Yeah, good day for it. Yeah, yeah, raining too. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, and, uh, and we'll get started. If you want to find it in your Bible, we're at uh, Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18 tonight, where we're going to start our Bible study. <coughs> Father God, we love you, and we praise your holy name, and we thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy, <coughs> your grace, Lord, that is sufficient for all our needs, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for this group of people that are here tonight, and we just pray, God, that you bless our time of study and you show us some things, Lord, in your word and show how how sincere you are about your word and how you get down in, in just about every level of life with the Israelites and, and show them what you expect of them, how you expect them to live in just about every situation. So, Lord, help us, Lord, to learn from this tonight, to take heed to it, uh, to realize, God, that uh, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, the things that are abominations to you, even back then, has not changed. And God, so we just pray that uh, you would help us to realize that and understand, Lord, when you gave these things, you gave these things for, for men and women to live holy and godly lives before you. And God, that you expect obedience from us all. We love you and praise you, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Empower us to do the things that we learn to do tonight. And God, help us to live every day uh, pleasing to you. And we're going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're, uh, we're going to be talking. Uh, we, we did some, uh, so had some good study last week about the, uh, about the uh, offerings. Uh, that was very enlightening. It was for me. hope it was for you. And uh, in typical form, uh, uh, when it gets down to, to the things of the offering and the blood, and it's not by any means over, and there's going to be more to come. But it seems like he gets a break and he shows us ordinances that deals with, uh, with everybody. Uh, and uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of those things tonight, such as incest and, and the immoral acts that, uh, that, that, uh, that the... Uh, that people are doing still today that the Lord didn't want to be involved in. So somebody read for me verses uh, 1 through 5 of chapter 18, please. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye do shall ye not do neither neither shall ye walk in their ordinances ye shall do my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk therein I am the Lord your God ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments which if a man do he shall live in them I am the Lord alright so the Lord makes it plain to them uh, several times in this passage who he is you know, sometimes we just got to be reminded, don't we, that God is God and we're not. And so uh, he reminds them right off the bat, I'm the Lord your God. And, and what he warning them, the uh, things he didn't want them to do. How long had they been in Egypt before they left Egypt? Uh, 
had been there 430 years. So they were conditioned to do things like Egyptians. And although they, they had a knowledge of Yahweh, they knew about him, and they were still actually praying to him. They also knew of other gods. And so they, it was incorporated into their, their minds that these other gods that the Egyptians served, some of these uh, uh, Israelites may have served too. Okay, so you need to understand that. So the Lord was wanting them to know, I brought you out of Egypt, and I don't want you to worship the Egyptian gods anymore. And he made it very plain to them, I am the Lord your God. He's a jealous God, and he does not share worship with any other deity. And I use that word loosely. Uh, deity, in the, in the case of other gods, is a fabrication of, of something they worship. And so it's not a real God to begin with. And so uh, he, he told them, he said, not only do I not want you to worship like you do, like they did in Egypt, I don't want you to do any of that that they did in Egypt. You, know, you shall not do that. And when the land that I'm bringing you into, the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, you, you shall not do what they did. And so he lets them know right off the bat they're going to come in He's going to tell them at one point that he wants them to utterly destroy these people. He wants them to take them all out. He wants them to take their, their, their religion, their deities, their false gods. He wants it all out. There's a reason he wanted them to do that. And he says so right here because he didn't want them to fall into the idolatry that was, uh, that was there at that time. And we'll get a little deeper into that here in just a minute. And then he reminds them again I want you to do my judgments. I want you to keep my ordinances. And I want you to walk in what I show you and tell you to do. Is that still the way it is today? Absolutely. Absolutely and positively still that way today. We are to walk in his light. We are to walk in the light. And that's what he's talking about. In his judgments, in his statutes, in his ordinances. What he tells us to do is what we're supposed to do. Where he tells us to go is where we're supposed to go. What he tells us to say is what we're supposed to say. We are his people. Amen. And he is our God. And so he says, I want you to do this. And he reminds them again, verse 4. I am the Lord your God. Well, that's a, he keeps saying that to them. So he wants them to know that. He wants us to know that. And then he tells them again, I want you to keep my statutes, I want you to keep my, my judgment. And if a man do, he shall live in them. So he not only expects us to do these things on a daily basis, he wants us to live a lifestyle that shows we live in his statutes, his judgments, and his commandments. What was one of the things Jesus said? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay? It's one thing to say I love Jesus, but saying it don't mean nothing. Amen? Saying it is not what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to reflect that in our lives that we love Him by the way we live our lives. And how, what does He expect us to do? Live according to the commandments that's been laid out before us. Those things He's told us to do, we do. Those things He tells us not to do, we're not supposed to do. We do it sin. And so we, we, that's why it's so important 
for us to know the Scripture, to know what the Word says. So we're going to be talking about some things today that are still in our world today, in our nation today, and maybe some of it more than you even know about and can think about. So somebody, any questions or comments about what we said so far? Okay. Somebody read for me verses uh, 6. This is going to be kind of lengthy. Uh, verses 6 through 18, please. I'll read it, please. Thank you. None of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother you shall not uncover. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of your father's wife you shall not uncover. It is your father's nakedness. The nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or elsewhere, their nakedness you shall not uncover. The nakedness of your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, their nakedness you shall not uncover, for theirs is your own nakedness. The nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, begotten by your father, she is your sister. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is near of kin to your father. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is near of kin to your mother. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. You shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter, nor shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover their <coughs> nakedness. They are near of kin to her. It is wickedness. Nor shall you take a woman as a rival to her sister to uncover her nakedness while the other is alive. Okay. So it's made very plain that there are some things that, that the Lord saw that he did not want them to do. Now I want you to understand something. At one time in the history of mankind, this was acceptable practice. Think about it. Adam and Eve were the first man and woman. There was no other people. I don't care what the black old scientists tell you. There were no other people. And so when their sons married, they had to marry their sisters. As time went on, they married cousins, nephews, nieces. They married, they intermarried, and they had to to replenish the earth. It was acceptable behavior at that time. Now, it's no longer acceptable behavior. And we've talked about this numerous times as we started in Genesis until now, how the, the Lord in His, by means of commandment, has changed things once, that He once accepted as normal. Now, there, there's no need for that type of lifestyle so he has changed that and made it sinful for them to do that thing. Now what, may, what, what makes it something a sin? Anyone? 
against God's rule. When God says don't do it, and you do it, it's a sin. So whatever God says don't do, no matter what's happened in the past or how it was in the past, you can write all that, you can just erase all that. So what he says now, if he says don't do it, don't do it. Now let me ask you a question. Is there more changes to come throughout the history of Israel and even Gentiles today? Is there more changes in the Bible that take place? Yes, there are. There's others that's going to come forward. And so you got you got to keep in mind that just because they did it in the Old Testament and God accepted it does not mean that it's acceptable today. There, there is a catch to this. The things he said was an abomination then are still abominations today. Yeah. We need to, you need to get that down in your psyche and get that down in your head because the, the Lord is changing things as men develop, as He changes their situations, as He changes their place of residence. He's taking them to a place now where He's going to make these people His people. They're peculiar to Him. They're holy to Him. He has chosen them. Now, it remains to be seen. Some of them have chosen Him. Some of them haven't. And we know how this works out for them in history. It never works out good for them. Uh, and even to now. And so, uh, so he tells us that there's, there's some certain people that you're close to that are kin people that you do not see their nakedness. Now this can mean, uh, it can mean a, a, a sexual thing or it can also mean just to see them walk naked. And I'm going to tell you, I, I had an aunt and uncle, I won't call any names, but uh, th their family was a little different from my family. <laughs> And uh, I used to go up and spend the night with them. I ain't called her name because some of you would know them. But I'd go spend the night with them and they saw each other like that. And when it came bath time, and I was in them three washed up on the back porch, so you'll know what bath time was. I, they told me to go take a bath and I went out there and got in there. I wasn't about this tall. But I was used to nobody watching me take a bath. And when I got in that bathtub and sat down, my uncle walked out on the back porch and sat down in the lawn chair and started having a conversation. And I thought, hmm. And I'm just a kid. And I thought, this ain't good. And so I kind of looked at them real funny and turned my back to them. And I was wadded up in that little three, number three wash tub and I was taking the back porch. It was big to me then. Well, in a minute, their daughter shows up. On a bicycle, she comes riding around the back, and I have a conniption fit now, because I don't want her seeing me naked. And she finally got embarrassed with the way I was screaming and carrying on, and she left, but they thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Well, according to this scripture, that ain't never supposed to happen no how. Okay? And so, I don't know, it was an awkward situation, but we're not supposed to be seen. We're not supposed to see our father naked. We're not supposed to see our mother naked. We're not supposed to see back then the fathers were apt to have more than one wife. Okay? And so you weren't supposed to see any of his wives naked because by looking at his uh, wife that was not your mother naked, it was the same thing according to verse 8 as looking at your father naked because they were one person in the eyes of God. Okay? And so you don't look at the nakedness of your sister 
the daughter of your father or the daughter of your mother because since they was uh, they, they could be the same fathers or they could be the same mothers with a different father and a different mother and, and these two were taboo these were half brothers and half sisters taboo you're not supposed to do that now, later on in history uh, some of David's own children are, are going to have a problem with this, these very issues right here and so a lot of times these, these kids were separated. They were held in different, they lived in different tents and everything and, and, and even maybe even different parts of the, of the, of the, uh, of the uh, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, what they were. Uh, but different parts or different parts of the camp that they would live in. And so, uh, so uh, he's, they, never look at these people, never look on their nudity. You don't supposed to take uh, near kinsmen for wives. Now later on, a near kinsman could could actually uh, marry, but not someone of his blood. Okay, when you think about Ruth, that's what is going to happen with Ruth uh, when, when she married uh, Boaz. She was not related to Boaz. She had been married to Boaz's cousin, and so that's what made it legal for him to marry her. Okay, and he and by, by the way, her husband was dead, and so he. They also say that the the, uh, the nakedness of your father. It just goes on all these nakednesses and father's sister. So now we're talking about aunts and uncles. Okay, and the Bible even uses the word aunt here. Your mother's sister, uh, your father's brother. Uh, uh, thou shalt not approach to his wife. She is your aunt. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. So when your son marries, you're not supposed to ever uncover the nakedness of your of your daughter because it is it is uh, uh, it's something that the Lord did, didn't approve of. So, any questions so far? I have a question. Okay. What happened when a woman was going to have a baby and they had didn't they have midwives? Mm -hmm. And if your daughter-in-law is having a baby and you're assisting her, how do you keep from seeing her nakedness? Well, the, the midwife, it wasn't, it wasn't taboo for the woman to see another woman naked. He but if that's not a midwife, if it's just you go into labor and it's your mother-in-law, or... But there were no men present during that time. This yeah. is a separation of the men and the women. But it was all—it all applied to the same. But the women could see the women naked. Well, I assume they can. They would have to in the case of midwives or deliveries of babies. But now you remember when Noah was drunk and naked, and his sons—one uh, of them—made fun of him. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't good for him because he had seen his father naked, and he had joked about it. Now, I don't know that the other boy didn't actually see him either, but the Bible said that he walked backwards. He didn't look at him. And, and so, uh, so anyway, I don't know. I don't have an answer to everything for sure. But I do know that the women had to have babies and they used midwives. So if there were midwives in the camp, I doubt if they used a family midwife, they may have, but I don't know that. That was it. probably the only time it's really acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was acceptable in a situation like that. Okay, and so that so it goes to your daughter-in-law. Now it also says, "Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife." It is a it is a brother's naked nakedness. Now you remember 
uh, and, and it goes on to the next verse, Thou shalt not go to the nations of a woman and her daughter. If you'll remember in the days of, of uh, John the Baptist, King Herod uh, was approached by John the Baptist and he hit him with these very scriptures right here that you're not supposed to be with your brother's wife. Remember that? And he got thrown in prison as a result of it. And what got him killed is uh, Herod got the hots for his sister-in-law's daughter. And she danced a provocative dance before him and he offered her up to half the kingdom and she asked for John the Baptist's head. And so Herodias got mad because John the Baptist called attention to their sin. She didn't like it. And, and um, through this, and, and this is what he's talking about, that, uh, that these things aren't supposed to take place. But in that day, by that day, <laughs> it wasn't no big deal. I mean, they, they were doing all kinds of, of lewd stuff. What about today? Same stuff going on, isn't it? <coughs> anyway, we make fun about kissing cousins and things like that, and uh, this is not this is taboo for God uh, uh, for us to do now. Verse eighteen says, "Thou shalt take a wife to her sister; uh, neither shalt thou take a wife to her sister to vex her, to uncover her nakedness beside the, beside the other in her lifetime." It's okay for uh, a man to marry a a woman and then this woman die and then he married her sister that's cool but he, he wasn't to have two at the same time that wasn't cool or as long as the other one lived that was not cool and you think about does this ever cause a problem in, in anybody you can think of in the old testament remember jacob yeah well, yeah who was he married to work for the wrong one yeah, he, he, he got drunk on his wedding night and went into the wrong one. It was designed for him to do it. And he wound up married to Leah and then had to work again for Rachel. And it was a constant warfare the whole time. But the Bible forbid them to be together in the same tent. Okay? So Jacob had to have a house for Leah and a house for Rachel. And so that, that so the, they were never together all at the same time. The Lord forbid that. Why? Because He knew it would cause confusion. Okay, there's a lot of things that cause confusion in in uh, mankind. Okay, and so the Lord's addressing some of these things, and He's trying to make life better, not worse. Okay. It's kind of like Ray. He's raising a nation. He's raising just a like nation. He would your kid. You know, you don't want your kid to play with a knife when he's a little baby, but when he gets older, you give him a knife. I mean, yeah. it, it's what he's doing. That's why he changes, I think, is because he's, they're maturing as humans under his control, and he sets these rules up. That's right. You know. That's right. It, it messes up the bloodline and everything else. Now we know, now <coughs> it does. You know, brother, sister, Mary, there's probably going to be something wrong with it. You know? Right. So, uh, it's just like he took a little nation of, and he's raised it how he wants it raised mm -hmm. as they grow. That's right. <coughs> and, and it also has a lot to do with morality. It has to do with uh, keeping peace. It has to do with a lot of things other than just that. And so he's trying to teach them. He said he's actually giving them a moral, a moral code. Now, we hear a lot about morality today. And we have politicians that try to legislate morality, and it don't come through legislation. Now, God is doing it. 
He's legislating morality, <coughs> but he can back it up, okay? And so, uh, so that's the difference. So uh, now it, it, it addresses what the Bible calls immoral acts that are forbidden. And uh, so the, there's some of these things that, that the Lord uh, calls immoral that's not, not just of a sexual nature, okay? So there's some of them that are, there's some of them that aren't. Any questions about uh, verses uh, 6 through 18? Okay, somebody read for me verses 19 through 23, please. <coughs> I'll read it. Thank you. Also, you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is in her customary impurity. Moreover, you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile yourself with her. And you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire to Molech, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Nor shall you mate with an animal to defile yourself with it. Nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. All right. So he lays down the law on some things here that he don't want done. Uh, he, he talks about uh, staying away from a woman while she's in her uncleanness. And, the, and the, the, the chapter we didn't go into, uh, into here a while back because of this uh, gave a time that a woman in her monthly cycle was uh, declared unclean and not, not necessarily unclean like you would think, but she was supposed to remain away from everybody because of the issue of blood because it's the issue always that leads to the uncleanness wasn't it what was it 10 days wasn't it it was more than that 14 days okay and so uh so uh, anyway it says during this time that, that a man is not supposed to uh, approach his wife to try to have any dealings with her so and it says also and, you know, you'd think everybody would know this. You don't like hardly with your neighbor's wife. You don't try to go to bed with your neighbor's wife. Well, that's that's out the window in today's society. Amen? For sure. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's rampant and it's everywhere. But he said uh, that you, you will defile yourself with her. So when you defile yourself, that means you become unclean before God. And so, uh, and then it says... Uh, it, then it goes to something that's not sexual. It goes to the sacrifice of children. Is that still going on today? Absolutely. Children are being sacrificed at a greater rate now than they ever have been in, in history. Millions and millions and millions annually are sacrificed. And, and it's, it's what's interesting to me. It ain't interesting. It's certainly not funny. But these, these deities like Molech, which is, uh, let's see, who was he a god of? Uh, Ammonites. He was an Ammonite god that they believed he required human sacrifice. Now, he wasn't the only one. So they sacrificed their children. Later on in Israel's history, some of the kings of Israel would actually sacrifice their eldest children to this god. So God's given a warning way before any of that ever happens because he knows things that are coming. He knows what they're going to encounter. And he knows the gods that they're going to encounter. And he also knows the uh, 
uh, when they're going to encounter them and that they're going to be tempted to, uh, to let them to worship them. He knows that. And they and, do. Yeah. They do eventually. Now let me ask you a question. Back, back in the biblical days, and even back early in our history, it was almost forbidden to speak of things like this. Things like this would never be discussed in a, in a, in a sanctuary setting like we are now. They would be talked about maybe with a group of men or a group of women. Why do you think God, because Moses didn't do it that way, I don't think. I don't know how he did it. He wrote it all down and they took care of it, but it had to be addressed because the, a lot of the, the, the deities that they were going to be in contact with were of sexual natures. When the Bible tells us later on when they had the kings and uh, they have uh, gods and they build groves and they build temples they, and they talk about poles, and, 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 uh, do we have things like that today? Absolutely. A, a cat house? Yep. Pole dancers? Think about it. It's, it's called by a different name. It's looked at a different way, but it's the exact same type of worship. It's a, it's a it's a false god, and and you you know this you say well you're stretching it no I'm not stretching it. There, there's a reason why we call things today what we call, them. and it stems from way back then. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. Solomon that wrote that had wives so many wives that worship false deities. He built them temples Absolutely. to worship false gods in. Now think about that. And so this, this is the way it was. This was David's own son. And so he said, uh, he said, Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire of Molech, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Now he, he mentions the word profane here. The Bible tells us that we are not to use the name of the Lord our God in vain. Now, we think GD. That's, that's what he's talking about. Is that all he's talking about? No, and you know, we do it slight, slightingly and not even think twice about when we say, Oh my God. Good Lord. Now think about that. And it sounds innocent enough. Happens all the time. Or they say, Jesus Christ. That's the one that really gets under my skin. And we're all guilty of doing these very things in some fashion, sometime or another. Okay? Now, I think you're going a little overboard when we substitute words for slang. Like, a guy told me one time, well, you, you say, oh, my goodness, don't you? Well, you're saying you're just substituting that for God. Well, there's a difference in substituting it for God and using God's name. Mm -hmm. Or my gracious. And I'm sure some of you have heard slang uh, that other people use. It didn't make no sense that you'd giggle about it. And they did it to, to, to keep from using the Lord's name that way, profaning the name of the Lord. And so uh, I'd rather you make up words and use that for your profanity <laughs> other than using the one we all know that are profanity, okay? And so uh, that, that's all I got to say about that. Anybody want to jump into that? <laughs> Anita had a, uh, her grandmother had a, 
had, a, had a wor uh, some words that she said when she'd get a little frustrated or something wasn't going right, and it was Dear Gussie. Yeah, yeah what did she say? Dear Gussie. I can remember my mother saying, oh, Swanee. <laughs> probably a hundred times. I never did forget what that. <laughs> She's from Louisiana, wasn't she? She'd seen the Swanee River, hadn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've heard that a hundred times from her. I knew it wasn't good. <laughs> well, oh, Swanee, boy, what have you done now? Yeah. But it was her slang word, it was her by word, and she did not use the Lord's name in vain. She didn't use the Lord's name in <laughs> So now he gets into one that's really a biggie today. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. Two men ain't got no business being together that way. I don't care what the stinking world tells you today. And he gives a reason for that. He says, it is abomination. Okay? That's where I was going when I kept reminding you what was an abomination <coughs> then is still an abomination. It <coughs> not make any difference what men say. They can't change this word. Okay? Can't do it? Yeah. And, and, uh, and so anyway, uh, neither shalt thou lie with any beast. He talks about bestiality to defile thyself with their wit. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down there too. It is, what you, what's the word that you used a while ago? My Bible says confusion. Mine says confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Mine says perversion. Perversion. Perversion, yeah, that's what the, yeah. that's All what of them fit. But it, it does <laughs> cause, uh, cause confusion, it cause conversion. And, uh, confusion and perversion. We look at these things and you think, oh my, oh my. You know, some people, oh, I'd have never thought of these things. Well, you'd be surprised what goes on in the world. It was going on then. Now, think about this. You look at that side, that part of the world, and you look and you say, you know, back in those days, they didn't talk like it. Oh, yeah? Well, what did you need these laws for then? Well, back in them days, they had respect for one another. They did. How come they got these laws then? Back then, it wasn't a sexual uh, uh, generation like it is. Oh, yeah? It was, too. Same sin, just a different day. Just a different day. But people had the foundation then of uh, of who who decides what's moral and who decides what's not. If me and you were deciding what's moral and what's not, we'd probably come up with two different things. And that's what's happening now. People don't don't read God's word, so they don't have a moral compass. They don't have a compass at all. <coughs> That's what bothers me is that our government doesn't use the Bible like it used to use as our moral compass. No, it it actually says the Bible's wrong. Yeah, it just gets under my skin now. And now, <laughs> because we believe this word, we're wrong. We're wrong. That's why they call evil good and good evil. Social media is now calling the gospel hate speech. Sure. Sure. It's coming. It's going to get worse. Yeah. So we need to get ready for these things. We need to understand these things. And we need to know that the thing going on today ain't new. It's just called by a different name. 
Gay ain't gay. Gay is perversion. Okay? It's queer. It's what it is. Oh my, he said an ugly word. And so we even have softened the dialect to make it not sound as bad. That's why I have a problem with these Bibles because they can make something that's an abomination to God sound like it's just a little water. <laughs> and it's okay. He don't like that. He don't like that. But he can get over it. He still loves you. He's going to let you into heaven anyway. You know what? I'd hate to be the one that preaches that on Judgment Day with you. My, My Bible says that the word abomination was used 116 times in the Old Testament. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's that stuff going on. Yeah. That would say somewhere that God's going to address those people that, are <laughs> that have misled his children in the latter days. But when he does return, he's going to address those that have misled his children. Absolutely, he's going to address them. He's going to address them face to face. Yeah, and that's what some of these people you're talking about that are trying to soften the speech, you know, about what's wrong. And the problem of it is, today is that he's going to address it in his time, not the time we want him to. Right. We want him to address it now, but he don't work that way. Kind of... And he may not address them in this life. Yep, I realize that. He may not. He may address them in eternity, but he will address it. Mm-hmm. And it will, it will be yeah. dealt with accordingly. Okay. And you know, sin is sin. We all mm-hmm. understand that. But but the good Lord says some things are profane. Some things I don't like for you to do. Some things I'll kick you out of camp for doing. Some things are abomination. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes He just zapped them on the spot. I mean, I mean, there's different. God levels. sees things differently. There's different levels. Punishments. There are different punishments for now, the. Now, any sin will keep you out of heaven. Sure. Sin cannot enter into that place. But the, the, the punishment for sins varies. Just like the sacrifices for sins varied. Some things God will tolerate, some things He won't. And when He uses that word abomination, it's one of those things that means God will not tolerate this or God hates this. Okay, that's something when when that word is used, you better you better think if I'm doing this, I need to stop because this ain't gonna be good with God. Okay, all right. Somebody read for me verses 24 through 30. Let's go ahead and finish this chapter. Defile not to eat yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, 
nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the, have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled, that the land spew not you out also, when you defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance, that ye commit not any of these abominable customs, which were committed before you, and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. Wow, that's a very strong language, whether you know it or not. Very, very strong language coming from God. So he tells us, he tells the children of Israel, do not defile yourselves in any of these things. All that we just talked about. Don't defile yourself in any of these things because the nations that, uh, for in all these things, nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. So where he's sending them, where's he sending them? To Canaan. Okay? That, these very things that he just discussed with them are the very things that those people are doing while he's telling it to them. And not only do the people become defiled because of it, or unclean, but he adds something to that. He said the land <coughs> itself becomes unclean or defiled. This is why he uses the word confusion or perversion. When you put that in context of today's work, the United States of America the land that we love is defiled to the core. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. It's defiled to the core. And he said, and the land is defiled, verse 25, and he said, the land itself vomiteth <coughs> its inhabitants. That's pretty much worldwide. Anywhere you go... Right. This is Europe, Africa, it don't matter. It don't matter. Japan, the same instances. Because of what he said to Noah in the days of Noah, mm -hmm. way before this. What did he say about the heart of men? Their, their hearts are on evil continually. <clears throat> There's no end to it. And he destroyed that first world because of it. And now here this world is suffering the same thing. What's he going to do about it? He's going to destroy this world like he did that world. It's coming. It's already in prophecy. It's already been spoken. It's going to happen. Why? Because we have backslidden, people have backslidden to this very time again. But it's not that it hadn't always gone on. It's just now it's an acceptable thing to everybody else. Think about Sodom and Gomorrah. When those two angels went into Lot's house, that neighborhood came to get them. 
If you know there's neighborhoods that you can't walk into right now, don't somebody gonna come get you. They might not come for that reason. They gonna come after you. But he says, you, he's talking to Israel, he's talking to his chosen people, and, and so we are his chosen people today. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, this is verse 26, now look at this, and shall not commit any of these abominations. Now, what does that tell us? That two men <coughs> or two women are an abomination to God in His sight according to His Word. I'm not their judge. He is. The Word is. There ain't a whole lot of words there to change around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of them can leave them out. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, I I probably stay on social media too much, or I I'm well. It's obvious that Satan is picking out each little item, no matter what you want to say, Ten Commandments or whatever the discrepancy of God or what we should and should not do. Satan is honing in on those things. And that's exactly what, I just read an article today that made me sick in my stomach yesterday. There's a school, in, a grammar school in Illinois that's making the boys write love letters to each other. A grammar school. And, and that's just the beginning of it. That's just the start of it. They're making children write love letters to the same sex and the same... <laughs> It's, it's just, I don't, I've heard many a preacher say back in the time, years ago, if God doesn't do something, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because this world is a lot worse than they were. I don't know that to be a fact, but I'm just now learning how bad they actually were. And my God, what, what an easy people to deceive and lead off down, down that rabbit hole of sin when God, life in God is so much better. It, it's so easy to get waking up with hangovers and waking up broke and waking up not knowing how you're going to pay your bills and waking up not knowing where your wife is, not knowing where your husband is. All that stuff is something just become acceptable for this world today. And as gradually it has gotten, like you said, more acceptable, that's just the way, it, this is a new norm. They call it on social media. This is a new normal for America. And it makes me sick in my stomach to even read about it. But I, I just can't, I don't know where, we don't, we don't know everything what God's will uh, plan is, but we do know he's going to deal with it. It's not going to be forgotten and let go. But we don't know exactly what His will is, but I can't wait till the Lord comes back. Like I said one day, a few days ago, each day we're getting one day closer to the Lord coming back, and I, I'm getting more anxious. I can't hardly wait. I don't know exactly how bad it can get. 
before you get a lot worse. Yeah, I, that that's unbelievable. Yeah. That, that, man, what a what a world we're living in. You know, Satan gets yeah. too much. Way too much credit. Well, all Satan, all he could do is give you choices. That's all he's ever done. Yeah. Is give mankind choices. He don't make things happen. He gives you choice. What he did to Jesus. God don't blame Satan for this. That's right. <laughs> he's he's causing him for this. He don't make miraculous things happen. He gives men choices. Right. See, I want to give him just a little bit of positive hope because uh, the, the first problem is that it's everyone, everyone that's social media. That's where you're going to see all that kind of stuff. If, but I do honestly, my heart believe that the majority, or at least half, of this country doesn't feel that way at all. Oh, there's no it's doubt. Just, you see, you, you see the worst. When you watch news and you, you watch that. even on social media, most of it is as negative as negative can get. Now, there are uplifting things. And, but I agree with you to a point. I think in the South, that there's a lot more intolerance and other cities, bigger cities in the north, there's not there's no there's no rejection of no this morals. Stuff. There's no moral. There's no ethical <clears throat> code of conduct. What what there is is against those things that are supposed to be good. Well it's a pretty half and a half I think, but it's a five-team state. Try to stay sane in this crazy world we're in. It is. It is a fact. Now, these, little, these, uh, these young children, some of these young children that have a problem identifying with uh, which, sex they, which sex they are, which gender they are, they've got, they've got a shot that they can give these young children to keep that adults, uh, what's adults? I'm not may not may not be proud to have that word right. The adult, adult. Anyways, keep that person from getting to an age where they're keep that adult. How do you say that word? You know what I'm saying, brother Gary? Adopting? No, they got a they got a shot. They can give these young kids, you know, these young children that will keep that. Uh, I know what you're saying. Uh, Keep that teenage adolescent, yeah, adolescent, yeah, to keep that from coming on for longer until they can make up their mind which sex they really prefer. Absolutely, problem is they're trying to encourage them not to them not to know what they are. What they want them to to choose for themselves who they're going to be instead of accepting who God created them to be. Exactly, that's the difference. Now, the choosing God allows us to have is to choose whether we obey Him or not. That's the only choice God gives us. We get to choose that. But the rest of this stuff that He's writing here, you can, if you make the wrong choices, it's a, it's a sad day for you. And so he, he talks about these things, and He talks about and He calls them all abomination. And if you commit any of these abominations, <coughs> He said, uh, you shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. Now, we can make a big deal about all of the, the uh, illegals coming in on the southern border. i got a statement to make about that. We hear about the bad ones, but I would say the majority of them people are more moral 
than the American public is. Well, I said it. I'm going to get slow now. You can't blame them for wanting to come here in the first place. How many of them have you ever met that were that were not hard workers, keep their mouths shut, keep their nose to the grindstone, they work, they don't talk to you, they go home. Most of them are like that. For one reason, for fear of deportation, I understand that. But no, I got to that in one of our districts in Kansas. You know, when I was kind of over, and that's their complaint. They come over here taking our job. I said, I can tell you how to keep from getting your job. It ain't nothing to it. He's out working. Go to work. That's right. Out Get out there and do your job like you're supposed to. I never had a, a foreigner take my job. You just out working. Yeah. Uh, but there is another issue that we're cheaper. You know, they'll work cheaper. So we're not do, willing to do that. But but these abominations that he's talking about, he says, for all, verse 27, for all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you. And the land is defiled, the, and that the land skew not you out also when ye defiled it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. So what's he telling them? If you act like they do, you'll get rejected like they did. And he'll do it. God will. Did it happen to the Jewish people? You better believe it happened to them. Over and over and over again. Amen? Yeah. I was just reading today about the crucifixion of Christ when he was before Pilate. And Pilate called himself trying to help Jesus out not get him crucified. Pilate is a typical politician. He knew what was right, but he didn't care where he did it or not. All he was worried about was staying in office where he was. That's our politicians today, by the way. You can follow them if you want to. I ain't got much use for politicians. But anyway, that being said, he when when they said he when he washed his hands, he said, I find no fault in him. His blood is not on my hands. That was a lie. Water don't wash away that kind of blood. Only the blood Jesus shed would wash that away. So that was a lie. But you remember what people said? Let his blood be on us and our children. That's what they said. And when I was writing in my journal, I wrote a little notation about World War One and World War Two. How many millions of Jews died? His blood is on them. Now the great thing about it when you study the word, God's going to restore Israel. That's always been his plan to do this. But they they went a different route because they chose these abominations over him. They chose to live lives of pleasure lives of lust, lives of sin, rather than serve Him. And what they didn't realize was He would have given them happiness, He would have given them joy, He would have given them pleasure, He would have given them every bit of that, but He was going to do it His way. Amen? 
And so he said, I don't want the land to spew you out, but if you do these things, it will. For, verse 29, for whosoever shall commit any of these abominations. You see that? Not just one of them, any of them. Not just all of them. Even the souls that commit them shall be cut off. Now they'll die. Amen? From among the people. Not outside the camp. Don't kick you out of the camp. You can be cut off for committing these abominations. Amen. And so he says, so therefore, keep my ordinances that you commit not any one of these abominable customs which were committed before you that ye defile not yourselves therein. And boy, he ended abruptly again. I am the Lord your God. Now you know what? If you just read this and read it through real fast and you stop that, you ain't going to learn nothing from it. But when you stop and look what he says and what he's going to do and by authority he's going to, the authority he's going to do it, you better take note and believe what he's telling you here. And the world needs to know this. I have, you know, I have people ask me all the time, can a homosexual go to heaven? A homosexual can be saved, but he can't stay a homosexual. The people that are caught <coughs> in some of these lifestyles being mentioned this evening, I know they can be delivered, saved, and delivered from all that. But as they continue in this lifestyle, and the Holy Spirit brings conviction upon them, and they harden their hearts, and harden their hearts, and continue with what they're doing, over in Romans chapter 1, time after time, it says God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them up. And... And people that are involved in this stuff, and uh, they're going to remain in it. If they can get other people involved, it makes them happy to get other people involved in their lifestyle too. Right. And, and Romans chapter 1 says that he turned them over to a reprobate mind. That means, a lot of people don't understand what that means. That actually means that they're going to think everybody's okay with what they do. Even God. That's a very dangerous place to be. I'm going to leave y'all with this scripture right here. Second John, verse 9. Ain't but one chapter in Second John. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Yeah. Even caveman can understand that. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. It, to abide in it means to do it, to live it. And if you don't do that, you don't belong to God. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care who tells it to you. The Scripture says what it says. That's really blunt and hard for us to do. So, you know, we, we want to confuse this, though, with, with well, we sin, too, and we do. And we don't need to brag about it. It's fact. 
But he's not talking about somebody that makes a mistake and then repents from it. That's not what he's talking about. He's not even talking about somebody that makes a mistake, may lay up in that mistake for a month or, or longer and then wake up one day and say, uh-oh, I have messed up and repent. He's talking about somebody that lives a continuous lifestyle with the idea that I'm okay doing it and never feels conviction over it. And the harm of a preacher preaching that it's okay is that he voids any conviction that would ever come to them. They think and believe. By the way, he's a false preacher. And there's bukus of them. We tend to measure the success of the preacher by how big his congregation is. Not so in God's Word. Amen. Amen. Brother, they're not even teaching repentance in most churches. I say most, some churches now. You don't even have to repent of anything. You just believe and you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Satan believes. Mm -hmm. He ain't going to make it. Yeah. Believing and receiving, that's key. Believing and receiving. Seems Always ironic. Good. I've got several friends who are gays, and, and they're, I, I love them. I don't approve of what they do, but they talk about God a lot. God is so good. God is good to me. You know, they... I, I, I don't know if they're just saying that, deceiving themselves for sure, that why, why do they talk so much about Christianity? Because they've been handed over to a reprobate mind to believe that it's okay and God accepts them, so God's good to them. Anything happens good to them, and there's good things happen to all people. The wheat and the tares is what comes. Yeah, that's, it's the wheat and the tares is exactly what it is. All right. It's five after y'all. I done took y'all over, so please stand up. Thank you for being here tonight. We'll let's resume our study. Some of y'all are mighty quiet. I hope y'all are thinking. Is Brother James okay? He's yeah, he's good. He's uh, uh, The VA uh, folks were supposed to come visiting this afternoon. He called me and told me he didn't know what time they'd show up. But they, they, uh, so he's there. But he's supposed to come to his house. So that's that why James? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where he's at. He, he's good. He called me before I left the house, told me that he was uh, not going to be here tonight. Um, Brother Troy, would you dismiss us, please? Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to come to your house this evening, Lord, that we that we can learn more about your word, Lord, that we can get closer to you. We can learn Amen. what you want and what you expect of us, Lord. Not, not that we're doing you a favor, it's expected of us, God. Please be with each one as we go through the rest of the week, Lord. Help us all together back here Sunday in your presence. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <coughs>